Hello and welcome to Do the Franchise with me, James. And me, Jake. See what we did there? There we go. Totally yeah. mixed it up. <laughs> mixed it up. That'll confuse them. <laughs> They'll be like, are we listening to the right podcast? <laughs> oh dear. No, they definitely are. They found us. They found us again. It's the right podcast. I just thought before we start the podcast, I'd kind of share something with you and with the audience uh, listening and the, the, the listeners. So I went into my office today and I sort of set everything up. I've got like two screens on the go like you. I've got all my little bits and bobs, got coffee. Um, you know, it's all perfect. And I noticed something going across from my um, mic shield to my microphone. And it's just mm. a little spider web. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder where that's come from. And then... I saw more, and then as I've looked closer at my microphone, between the microphone and the um, uh, and my and my sort of cover, uh, my shield is a tiny spider, and I would say it's no more than half a millimeter big, <laughs> and honestly, it's made the most perfect little web on my mic stand. So I was like, it's, oh. it's fantastic. I was going to move it, but I haven't got the heart to move it, so I'm just going to yeah. leave it. Yeah, nicely done, Spider. I mean, I'll try and put clarify, a picture. <laughs> I'll I put don't a picture believe on the that Instagram. Jake is like podcasting outside of the uh, the Knights Templar room <laughs> from Indiana Jones. I think he he has a room, and it is mostly spiderweb free. But he's he's found a nice spider, which is great. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you wouldn't see it if you were looking for it. Does that make sense? You can yeah. only see it because if I'm looking at it and the light from the window is like behind it, I can just see it. It's that small. Um, nice. But it's definitely a spider. So I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to try and get a photo of it later. It's great. Sorry. Anyway, that just sort of derailed us to begin with. But um, yeah. No, not at all. It's, it's, good, <laughs> it's good to know you're making friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's me and the spider. <laughs> oh. Oh. So um, this is our fourth entry into the Lethal Weapon franchise. And kind of sadly, the last, last Lethal Weapon for now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, assuming they don't decide that they need more money and they're going to do another one and probably ruin it. Because without spoiling how I feel about this film at all, because I'm fairly sure everyone knows now that I'm a massive Lethal Weapon fanboy. Um, this franchise is probably one of the most consistent franchises. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of like just going in and enjoying a film. Mm. I can't think of many other franchises where I think I feel equally about all of them. In, That's in a good thing. Of, yeah. yeah. Do you know what? Um, it's really funny you should say that because I've written in my notes, um, oh, and we're back. And, I, I, and it felt like when the titles came on and I didn't hmm. know, because I've never seen the fourth one. So this was a real surprise for me. It's also really good to watch it like this, like we've done it, because you really do get the sense of A, the time that's passed, and B, mm. the Hollywood um, formula has changed. Like Hollywood has changed as an entity from Lethal Weapon 1 to Lethal Weapon 4. So I feel there's a lot of that in it as well. Um, yeah. But I really like the familiarity between, oh, we're back and it's Riggs and Murtagh and they're on another case. And it just felt very familiar. And they didn't waste any time. They just dropped you straight in again. And I said yeah. this to you last week in that a lot of sequels now, they have to kind of get the band back together. Um, and they mm. never do that in Lethal Weapon. They just go, no. you know who they are. They're back. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> they're it's just, just like they, they've been blowing stuff up while we've not been there. Yeah. And then we're, we're just dropped back into the next thing that they're going to blow up. That's what it's it feels great. like. Um, and I also felt the sense that this one was more like, I don't know, it, it felt more like there's a sense of family warmth to it that the others certainly don't have. Um, yes. And they don't really, I guess a lot of films do this anyway now, but they really did pander to the fan base they'd already built because they went, mm. oh, look, it's Lorna. You already know who she is. And look, it's Leo. You already know who he is. And you're like, oh, if you watch, if you haven't watched the other three, you might actually struggle with this one. Yeah. Yeah, this is definitely a, a fan film, isn't it? it? It's a film that yeah. they made because you were, again, when you say, oh, we're back, it's like yeah. these are characters we know. These are yes. characters that we we've you know we've gone through things with in the other films, and now it 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 just feels like oh it's Briggs and Murtaugh out again yeah. doing the thing, and it 
it's again i think it it's down to that consistency the 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 storylines of the films are, are radically different i think yeah, they are, for yeah. each one but because the characters don't do anything out of character like everything that they do you can imagine yeah. Riggs and Murtaugh doing you know you can you they, it, they don't do anything that you go oh that isn't something that they would have done in the previous film mm. they might do things slightly differently but that's like character growth rather than being completely out of left field it's yeah it's really really good the way you I, I don't know if I'm explaining it clearly no I, yeah. I understand what yeah. you mean yeah I do I and I, I I've got this, can I just be honest? This is my least mm. favorite one, and there's yeah. several reasons why. Um, the first, the first thing about this film, we'll just dive straight in. I mean, it got six out of six IMDb, fifty-three uh, percent Rotten Tomatoes. So I think those fifty-three percent that love, you know, the fifty, sorry, the, my maths is terrible here. The fifty-seven percent that may have loved this film, they yeah. might have been Lethal Weapon diehard fans, you know. So that's fine. Mm. But what's left for us as film fans i find is is the plot is not strong the plot no. is inconsequential uh, things just kind of happen um i've also got a problem with the poster which i only looked at last night before coming on to speak to you the poster has um it has mel in the front and everybody else is behind him including yes. murtar danny glover yeah which i have a problem with um I also felt like they they kind of took away, I, I don't know, they kind of took away a jeopardy that was very apparent in the third one. Because we said, didn't we, in the third mm. one, you've got cops killing cops, killing kids, like yeah. kids killing kids. Like there's a whole big thing about weapons, responsibility, um, and then obviously the bent copper who who had responsibility but chose to to flout that responsibility for personal gain. There's a lot of like real story there where I'm like, okay, that works, and also I can kind of get on board that this is a this guy, this baddie in, in Lethal Weapon Three is a real piece of shit. Mm. I didn't get that with this one because I didn't really understand a lot of the motives. No, no, I I think um, that's. That's down to the the actual process the film went through to get made. Hmm. Uh, so this film was released in 1998. Um, yeah. Now it was only greenlit in 97. Oh wow! And it basically shooting ended in February 1998, exactly 33 days before the release date. No way! That never happens. Yeah. That's so, really weird. I didn't. That is really interesting. <laughs> uh, and so, in my, in my research, I found the uh, the yeah. editor. Uh, he had to to meet the deadline. He had to use Avid for the first time. It, it was the mm, first I've time he'd ever yeah. ever edited a film digitally. Ah. So, so he'd never he'd never had to edit a film digitally. But this film made that necessary because yeah. of. How quickly it was shot, and apparently it was because in ninety in late nineteen ninety seven, Warner Brothers realised that they didn't have a big film for next year. Yeah, so, <laughs> so they were just like, "Oh well, we'll make a Lethal Weapon then, shall we?" Uh, I, can, I this answers a lot of my questions that I had for you. I think. Yeah. I think that's basically just yeah. I was going to say they, to you that editing the cuts are very strange and they're different to the yeah. other film. And I remember saying to you like one thing I loved about the other ones is the long takes, the long cuts, the long shots. Mm. There's none of that in this film, so that clearly no. does go a long way to explain why that's different. Okay. Yeah. And it went through, uh, even in that short space of time, it went through a lot of rewrites. Um, originally, it was going to be a, a film about neo-Nazis. Oh, okay. Wow, <laughs> dramatically different to triads. Yeah, really, really different. And then they settled on like Chinese immigration as a, a as a key point. Um, it, at the time it was released, it got a lot of criticism for uh, uh, gun control. Um mm issues that it raised you know even that opening scene the the guy who's got the flamethrower and the the machine gun um riggs refers to him as the local nra 
And he's yeah, like, he does, yeah. That, that can't have gone down well because uh, they're quite a big lobby. Uh, so, yeah, so the, the, this film basically had a really troubled start, uh, even to the point where, again, Leo Getz wasn't in the original script. Oh, not again. Again. <laughs> poor, poor Pesci. He, I, I shouldn't say poor Joe Pesci, because he got paid apparently for three weeks' work. He got paid over a million dollars. I mean, it's not quite Mark Hamill in The Force Awakens, but we'll come back to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he he wasn't in it originally. Yeah. Chris Rock's character apparently wasn't in the original script. Yeah, Which... I, I yeah, I can feel the sense of tact onness to this film. Yes. And and this is not for the fact that I don't love Chris Rock as a as a as a human being, as a comedian. Mm. I think he's wonderful. And I think he does he does add something. There's a great thing in this movie where I don't know I can't remember exactly where the scene is in the film, but there's a scene where you kind of hope Joe Pesci and Chris Rock cross your paths because yeah. it's because of their comic timing and how funny they both are in real life. And there's a moment where they both cross paths and they just back and forth for a few minutes and Murtar and Riggs just kind of have to sit and roll their eyes. And I was like, that is what I imagine it was like when they met on set because they are both very naturally funny and very naturally, um, they've got so much energy. Um, So I really like that little moment. And and I feel like that's the bits that I enjoyed most about this film. Yeah. the things I enjoyed least are the villains, are the subplots. Whereas anything where it's got Riggs and Murtar interacting, um, yeah. Joe Pesci, Murtar and Riggs reacting to things, all those things work really well because you know they do. And I feel yeah. like because you've already got the building blocks to something great, you've got great characters, they've kind of gone, well, it doesn't matter what we throw at the script, it'll be funny and it'll be fine. And you go, that's yeah. okay. But that does not make a good film. Do you know what I mean? Like you can't just mm. fall back on the wit and the comic timing of your characters to to, no. to supply a film. It doesn't work like that. You have to put a bit of effort in. Yeah, it, I, I agree with you. I think it's the character, uh, uh, the characters rather, over the storyline that saves this film for me. It's it's just, I I, I guess it's when you find that snack that you like. Yeah. And you, yeah. You, you you finish the pack. And yeah, you go, that's oh, that was a nice. very, very good way of putting it. Yeah, a lot better uh, than I could have thought of. Uh, so yeah, I, I think this is this is definitely a really good snack, but there's not a lot of depth to to the content. There's there's a lot of depth to like character study and things like that, like um, Myrtle discovering where it's um, or rediscovering where it is to be family. You know, yeah, and uh, through his experience with the Hongs. Uh, and I I like that the um, yeah the uh, and now obviously Riggs finally coming to terms with the death of his wife and moving forward stuff like that there's death yeah. there and I think those character moments are incredible but like I say the plot almost doesn't need to be there we could have just been following Riggs and Murtaugh on a regular you know week yeah it didn't I it agree. didn't need it didn't need Chinese triads <laughs> it didn't it yeah, could have been anything. The- the more there's a there's a bit in the film again we'll do the plot we'll go to the plot yeah. but there's a bit in this film where <laughs> Mel Gibson literally turns to kind of the audience in a winky face fashion and he says um i've got it written down somewhere give me one second um he says like like Roger, I'm sick of these guys. Let's just go find them and shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and that is the problem with the plot, where you're like, there's nothing happening. Just find them and kill them, and let's have the film yeah. done with. And and that when when the, when the main character does that, I find there's something out. There's something wrong. Yeah. Um, Jet Li's performance. I mean, I love Jet Li. Um, I, I've heard after watching this movie that it's one of Jet Li's. Oh, it is Jet Li's first American picture. Um, yes. And obviously his martial arts background, he gets to use some of that. But I find the character sort of sneering and talking Chinese for the whole film a little bit strange. Yeah. It doesn't connect to me. I don't find that character particularly scary. Um, no. There's a film with Jet Li called Is It Unleashed? Yeah. Um, it's something, and, it, and it's a it's a British bad guy who has Jet Li as essentially a Chinese martial arts slave type creature 
mm. and he's in a cage. Have you seen this film? Yeah, yeah. And, and they let him loose on people. And when they do, he's unleashed. And he's so dangerous that he can, like, kill a man from a yard away. And he's so quick and because he's martial arts skills. And I kind of thought to myself, God, wouldn't it have been great if Lethal Weapon had beat to the, to the post and done that as a yeah. film? And had Jet Li as a character that the triads release and then they can't put him back in the box. Um, yeah. And Riggs and Murtaugh have to stop him. But again, I'm, I'm adding more plot to a film where there is none. Do you know what I mean? No, like I'm no, adding more I mean, things where I'm thinking, God, wouldn't that have been great if they'd done this? And, and they didn't do that. And you go, oh, they just went for the least interesting thing for me. They, they did. And I, again, from all the reading I've done, unfortunately, Jet Li's martial arts skills were held back by Richard Donner. Because <laughs> apparently, he, Jet Li was too fast. <laughs> so when they were filming uh, the uh, martial arts scenes, Richard Donner said to Jet Li, can you slow down? Because it's just <laughs> not translating onto film. Yeah, it, You're moving too fast between the frames and it's just not, it's not working. It, it, we're not seeing what you're doing. So a lot of the martial arts stuff, uh, again, with it being an American produced film, they probably didn't have all the same experts that Jet Li was used to working yeah. with. And that's so, sad in its, uh, in its same way. Yeah. I mean, he does have some really cool moments uh, and he, he does get to, to show off some of his stuff. But uh, yeah, it just was apparently just wasn't registering on the film when they were uh, shooting that he was doing all this cool stuff. And I think was... you, can, you can tell, can't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can tell they weren't like... They were, they were a, a group of people who've, who've grown up making 80s action movies. Mm. And... They they just didn't have that experience to to translate that to uh, martial arts action experience. Yeah. Um, uh, bearing in mind this is this is before Matrix. This is a year before Matrix came out. So audience yeah. pro- the audience probably wasn't used to that either. I mean, this probably looked quite impressive at the time, mm. um, but it just obviously doesn't quite hold up today. So I was wanted to just talk about the plot as a whole we have the weird bit on rodeo drive with the man with the flamethrower and um all that stuff it's kind of a bit much i thought it might have some bearing on the plot but turns out it kind of doesn't (laughs) yeah it's it's just there it's a it's a great sort of it's it's like the whole like like a Saturday Night Live cold open, isn't it? It's, yeah. It, it's like, here's an amazing set piece. It looks really cool. And we're going to make you laugh and you'll enjoy it. And uh, like you say, it doesn't have any, any future bearing on the plot. There, there's, uh, like you say, a heavily armoured guy in a flamethrower. Uh, Murtaugh's having to flap his arms like a chicken. It, it's all going. It's all going. Saying- <laughs> I said to you earlier um, that I, my favourite line, one of my favourite lines in this film is the line on the, uh, when they're talking about the pregnancy and yeah. he says, uh, they, yeah, they're shooting at them and he shouts, it's all there to, to get the lo- the pregnancy bit in and he says, oh, I didn't want it to tell you, but you're going to be a father. Lorna is pregnant <laughs> and he says, uh, I've got something to tell you too, Rianne is pregnant. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> Rianne can't be pregnant. She isn't even married. Um, And then he says, wait, 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 is he black? And he's like, I can't tell. The guy's wearing too much armor. And he's like, no, not him. The father. Uh, So I I love the back and forth between Riggs and Murtaugh. I think that stuff works really well. Um, I really liked, I, I could have, like you said earlier, I could have just had two hours of them working on a boring case no triads mm. and it just be about their family relationship their relationship to each other and uh, i think the film would have been probably better um, yeah then we get the final bit we get the bit where the boat finally goes onto the water yes um, and you're saying that they go fishing and then they catch a shark for some reason it all gets a little bit stupid here but it did make me laugh yeah i i love the fact that this obviously it the the previous film was talking about like cruelty to dolphins with tuna, uh, in oh, yeah, and it was like lethal weapon, lethal weapon and, and now they've just got this shark out in the open, uh, out of the water, and it's just writhing away. Do you think and it's they... definitely a real shark? No, it's not a real shark. <laughs> it's, it's, say? A, it's a prop shark, but just the concept of it. They've caught this shark. Um, <laughs> they're trying. They're teasing Leo with the shark, saying that you know the shark, you know, a shark couldn't eat another shark. 
Um, and Leo is just fantastic in this scene uh, yeah. when he asks where his bag is, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's starboard aft." And he he comes back, and he they have this <laughs> argument about aft, and Leo says that that's a fucking word, is it? And and they they just they trigger one of Leo's incredible sort of rapid fire rants about something, and he's he's going on and on about them using nautical words, and it's just yeah. it, it's it's brilliant. Again, you. It's that same feeling you got at the beginning of the opening act. We're like, oh, we're back. And, you're like, and Leo's back as well. And it's great. It's just Yeah, nice I can't feeling. believe they weren't going to have him in the movie. Like, he, I know that they've got the Chris Rock character for some light relief, but yeah, it's not as funny as, as Joe Pesci. Like, he really does have a character there that people want to see. Yeah. And you almost yeah. think now, if they do go back, I mean, we'll talk about this at the end of the episode, but if they are to make another... Um, if you can't really do it without Joe Pesci now, because it just feels like he's as much a fabric of the franchise as the other two. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's really become a central character that people want to see. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, unless they just do it for old time's sake, where they say they're not going to include him, and then they write him in last minute. Because <laughs> that's what they've done every single time. But I, it obviously <laughs> works. It obviously works, because he comes in, and he's got this real chemistry yeah. with, with Mel and Danny, uh, you know, they all have this chemistry that's just natural. They're naturally yeah. funny together. Uh, you, you don't feel like any of this is acting. You just feel like this is three mates having a laugh. Yeah, and, definitely. Uh, it, it works so well. I really like the line when he's on the boat and he says, "Go starboard, um, starboard aft," and he just goes, "What is what is this? You do words for things, and then you get on the fucking water, and everything's nautical." <laughs> <laughs> And I just thought it was such a great line and kind of true. Like I don't understand why on a boat everything has to have a different name, but I, I yeah, it's it, it it is what it is. Um I just put in my notes here. Um so the Chinese boat crashes into the uh, to Murtar's boat and that's kind of how the plot starts. Yeah. Uh, what plot we have is like I said to you before, the plot doesn't really the plot just kind of happens. There's not really yeah. any reason for anything to happen. It just kind of happens. And then I put a note putting, great, now they're in the water in a boat with a pissed off shark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they suddenly realise that as well, don't they? Because yeah. things occur and Roger's boat is destroyed and it starts sinking. And the, <laughs> Leo and Roger are in the water and <laughs> they all, all of a sudden they remember... Oh yeah, we, we had a shark on the boat, and they have to swim away from this <laughs> this very slow, lazy swimming shark. Which, yeah. And um, after that, they get they get into a life raft, and the 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 bit that makes me laugh is this film shows how good they are at doing this back and forth. But even if it's not like directly on screen. You can hear as Riggs is exploring the boat. You just hear very quietly in the background Roger and Leo discussing what's happened. And Roger's like, "Since I met Riggs, I had my house destroyed, my car wrecked, and now my <laughs> boat sunk. What's left?" And you just hear very quietly Leo going, "I think that's about it." <laughs> and it's just this is just going on in the background. It's not even related yeah. to what's happening on screen, and you can just hear it in the background. I love that because it just feels really natural. Yeah. It feels like that's what would be going on because obviously they can't tell what Riggs is doing on the ship. And they're just on the life raft discussing their woes. And it's brilliant. That life raft seems to get bigger and smaller in the scenes that follow. Like it gets smaller when Joe Pesci and him are trying to get on it. And then when Murtar opens the tarpaulin um, yeah. to reveal the Chinese immigrants that are on it, it's so like, like four times <laughs> as big. Yeah. They definitely weren't on that boat when you and Joe Pesci got on it because that boat was half the size. I would say it was tiny. just about big enough for the two of them. Yeah. And then when they lift the tarpaulin, there's 20 people there. <laughs> That's why it's so stupid. It's clearly a different boat. Yeah. Um, and then there's like loads of bits where we reference, uh, there's a slavery reference. Yeah. And the white policeman talks directly at Riggs as opposed to Murtar. Um, yeah. And there's a kind of a, um, a very, very deliberate slur there where Danny Glover kind of gets his back up and goes, oh, right, it's about that, is it? And, yeah. Um, and obviously then you learn about the Chinese, it's all about sort of the Chinese um, labor laws and 
a thing that's very relevant today, really, but about yeah. the fact that these people are just being traded as lives, lives are commodities like slavery, um, yeah. and they don't really care about them, and they've got to work off their debt and all this, and that was a little bit like, oh, they really they're gonna they're gonna address something serious like they did in the first and second one, and they kind of don't, <laughs> they just yeah. kind of don't in the end. No. Um, I mean- they give it, it up, and every, everyone kind of gets shot. And it doesn't matter if you're a, if you're a Chinese immigrant sort of slave worker or whether you're a triad, you're going to get shot. So yeah. they kind of do that, and then they just forget about it all. Yeah, it's 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 obvious that they needed a theme for it, and yeah, uh, and and that's that's what they pinned it on. Uh, but like you say, they, I don't think they deal with it as successfully as say Lethal Weapon Two did with Apartheid. That was yeah very well done. Uh, and this, this, like you say, it feels a bit tacked on. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, so yeah, Rod- Roger saves the Hongs. Yeah, he... they go live with Roger, which again I thought they were going to make a bigger deal out of, and they did. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then um, I don't know what. Then we get introduced to Chris Rock's character Butters, who is a sweary um, American cop. Uh, yeah. he's a rookie. He's a young detective. Um, it's kind of strange casting, but also kind of brilliant. I, it's yeah. an odd choice, but at the same time, I really like Chris Rock. And I like the way he speaks. I think because he kind of speaks fast and he kind of jives as he talks. Yeah. It for that character, it I worked really well for me. I thought it was really funny, um, and I think that that if you can enjoy a character's presence on screen. Yeah, then it's great. There's also a bit where they do. There's loads of. I've got a whole list of them here. Like, there's a whole list of 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 lines that that he gets to say. And you think, I wonder if he was looking at that from a. I've got to. I've got to sort of push my stand up here whilst I'm on screen in front of yeah. all these people. This is a bit where he's talking about phone calls to Afghanistan. And he's like, I ain't never talked to anyone in Afghanistan. I don't know anybody in Afghanistan. <laughs> I mean, if I did know someone in Afghanistan, I wouldn't talk to that Afghan ass for three hours. I don't even talk to my own daddy for three hours. <laughs> and it's like, this that's kind of how he speaks when he does his stand up. And it's like, yeah. da, 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 hitting all the lines really fast. And I just thought it was really funny. It was great. Um, I, I, he, he, he just he just that that fast talking comedy just fits so well with within lethal weapons so it was a uh, really good casting to get him in i think and like you say there's so much that just feel like just chris rock stand up and then all of a sudden Riggs and Murto join in but uh, the, the the bit after the boat scene where he inspects the um one of the uh, immigrants was killed by one of the uh, traffickers on the boat and he's looking at him and he, he opens it he's, he's dead he's just dead <laughs> yeah. uh, and, then, and then at the end he's like we, we've got gangbangers killing everybody over here now we're importing victims <laughs> I just I love that it is just Chris Rock stand up yeah, in, yeah. inside the same, a lethal weapon film same it's, guy yeah there's a bit where it's, it goes a bit under the radar and I watched it. I didn't notice it the first time. I only noticed it the second time. But um, when he's running after one of the baddies on the, on the, uh, in the docks at the end, he says, stop in Chinese, motherfucker. It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny as well. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, it, there's so many. I mean, it's, to say this film was written and edited and made in such short time, there's so many quotable lines. Yeah. So and and most of them come from not not even from Riggs and Murtaugh. That a lot of them are from other characters that just just make you giggle constantly. Um, I think uh, another one when uh, when Chris Rock's character is chasing um, the what turns out to be the chef later after they go yeah. to Uncle Benny's restaurant, he's chasing the chef. He catches him, and that. That line about you have the right it to remain silent, so shut the fuck up, okay? You have the right to an attorney. <laughs> if you can't afford an attorney, we'll provide you with the dumbest fucking lawyer on earth. <laughs> it's like, you better not get Johnny Cochran, <laughs> which is a reference to O.J. Simpson, which happened only a couple of years before that. Yeah. Uh, it's, oh, it's, it's great. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Lee Butters is a, a wicked... And I love the fact that they, they never get his name right. Yeah, they keep investigating wrong deliberately, don't they? Kind yeah. Of. yeah. So, yeah, so uh, Riggs and Murta are always calling him something that sounds a bit like Butters, but isn't Butters. Uh, that's so that's funny. That's great. So, uh, yeah, so we've we've had the uh, bit on the boat. We've had Roger saving the Hongs. Uh, 
Um, we get reintroduced to Lorna at this stage. Yeah, uh, she's kind of um, forgotten about in this movie a little bit. Like, she comes in several times and they just kind of do a pregnancy jibe at her and then she's gone again. Was yeah. the actress actually pregnant or was this just literally poor writing on their part? That I don't know. Because I, I wondered if, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, I wondered if they kind of went, oh, well, Renny Russo wants to be in it, but she's got shit going on, so we'll just put her in quickly. We'll make the character pregnant as well, and then yeah. we'll just get rid of her. And I, I don't know, I felt like she got sidelined. You know, considering how much of a badass she was in the third one, Yeah, you almost have a, 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 four, a quartet. You have your Riggs Murtar, Renny Russo, and, um, and and Lee Get, Leo Getz. Yeah. That would have been fine because that's four characters for Lethal Weapon 4. They add Chris Rock mm. into the mix and th- th- it's like there's no need for all this and they get rid of Renny Russo's character anyway. It yeah. felt a bit like... Um, do you remember in the Star Wars trilogy, the, the, the lovely famous new one that everyone loves? Oh, where yeah, they yeah, intru- <laughs> Universally popular. Franchise. Yeah, that universally popular new one they made. They introduced the Rose character um, in the second film and she yeah. becomes a main part of the plot. And then at the end, she kind of goes off with the goodies. And then in the third one, they just sideline her completely. Yeah. So um, it's like, do you want to come on this adventure? And it's nah. like, uh, no, Leia's told me I've got to clean this cupboard, so I'm going to stay here. <laughs> that's what I mean. So that's the thing I hate. They do. I hate it when movies do that. Yeah. It's that, it's that age-old thing of going, we're writing you out, so... There's just this thing where you go, ah, oh, so-and-so is caught up in Europe with something. And you're like, no, they're not. They just didn't want to come back for the film. Yeah. There's there's, there's two saving graces for, for Lorna's character in this film for me. The first one is mm. when um, the uh, they're at uh, Murtaugh's house and the guy's got a gun to her head and she still yeah. kicks his ass. I love yeah. that. And there's the bit nearer the end where they're trying to push the car in front of the train and she just turns around and shoots the driver. Yeah, uh, and it's just like that previously, like that, that that scene's already happened before with another character in the film, and they were pretty much defenseless. But at least at this point, although they're not including her in a lot of scenes, when she is there, she's not defenseless. Yeah, she's not she's not a damsel in distress, so she's still a bit of a badass. We just don't yeah. get to see her a lot. Uh, but yeah, I again probably down to how hurriedly this was written. Uh, we've got some cool scenes um, later on. When they go and see Uncle Benny, yes, Uncle Benny's played by a man called Kim Chan. Um, yes. If you want to, it's definitely worth doing, as I did. Go on IMDb and have a look at Kim Chan's little picture. That you know they've all got their little bio <laughs> picture. Yeah. Um, you've got Mel and Danny and Joe Pesci and Rennie Russo. They all very professional. Kim Chan is just holding two little oranges in front of his eyes. <laughs> like he's got big oranges for eyes. And it's the <laughs> most stupid photo I've ever seen of someone on IMDb, but it also made me chuckle, so I'm going to give him that. I think that's yeah. wicked. Well, um, well done, Kim. <laughs> Uncle Benny is a Chinese man who owns a restaurant who is implemented in the um, you know, in the in the plot of, of the, the, yeah. the, the triads. Uh, he was born in China in 1917. He died in 2008. Um, he was in this film he does this thing where he has a really strange British accent and I couldn't tell whether he's just putting that on to be funny or do you know what I mean like he does it several times where he does like almost he's like alright mate and he's like what (laughs) strange well apparently you know when he says bloody marvellous bloody marvellous yeah yeah apparently that's like a, a catchphrase from a character he played in another film Oh, that can't make sense. All right, so I sound. think that's why I think that's why he says it. And there's the <laughs> there's the incredibly awkward. But at the time when I first watched this film, I yeah. thought this joke was funny. I don't know if it is still funny, but when when Martin Riggs says "flight lice," oh mate, I know. Yeah, it's and, a bit too Uncle, much. And Uncle Benny says "flight lice." No, it's fried rice. You plick. And I just. Yeah. At that at that point I'm like, yeah. okay, this is this is maybe too far, but they use it again in the film. I'm like, oh come on. <laughs> yeah, the, it comes up a I couple was, of times. When I was younger, I found it funny. But at, now I'd look at it and I'd go, Oh, I wish that wasn't in the film now. I wish yeah. you know, I, I wish that I wish we could edit that bit out. Because there there are other bits that 
are funny and you know they they probably have a a, a very racial context but those bits uncle benny's in on it you know it's not just pointing fun at him mm. for being chinese the 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 bit in the dentist chair is yeah. way way more effective cuz they're all having a laugh they're all involved yeah. but that one just felt nasty and i, I realized agree. I realise at this point I'm trying to defend a human trafficker in a film, but <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to defend a human trafficker character who's being interviewed by a known anti-Semite. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. This this film. What what has it done to me? I mean, I yeah. I feel what, hostage what to how say? much I love Lethal Weapon. That's my problem. I love Lethal Weapon films, but at the same time, there's there's certain things that you know. Th- this film tried to be like, oh yeah, human. Trafficking's bad, you know. Anti-Chinese re- yeah. Uh, yeah. sentiment is bad. You know, these are humans, and then they make that joke. And you're like, you've just I undermined agree. the work that you're trying to do. Yeah. You know, they they never did that in *Lethal Weapon* too. No, you, know, you can't they, have it. You can't have it both ways. No. Um, no. And again, like you said, we're we're looking at the value of human life. That's why Danny Glover has the uh, guys living with him because he like he says, you know, he he does actually say, doesn't he? Uh, I'm a I'm a man who's descended from slaves. I don't I want to make a difference now. I can make a difference to these people. And you're like, okay, yeah. that's a really lovely point to raise about American, you know, uh, you know, the American culture and the fact that people have that racist sensibility even though america's founded by you know people that went there and took it off of the natives yeah so it it is interesting and, and i do think it's um it's poignant I, we needed I more like of that to give it yeah. more weight i think well yeah because they, they undermine it all the way through and then at the very end <laughs> this is the bit that, that makes no sense to me so uh, Murtaugh wants to free these slaves. Murtaugh wants to give these Chinese people a new life in America. Very, very honourable. Yeah. The way the film describes that happening is after Murtaugh and Riggs have killed a bunch of Chinese people, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's then revealed that all of a sudden the State Department have given the Hongs a green card. At the very end, the captain comes in and says, oh yeah, someone uh, did you a favour and gave them a green card. It's like, they didn't actually fight for these people's rights to be in America. They just killed a bunch of other Chinese people. Yeah. To to then eventually get that reward. And it just, there's no payoff. No. It's not like he went to court for them or he went to, you know, do anything for them. He just killed a bunch of Chinese people. It's it's that classic thing of going, they forgot to write that bit. So we need to stick it in at the end to make sure the audience know we've we've paid it off. You're like, "Mm, you didn't really pay it off though, did you? Um, It's it's like going back to the Star Wars thing again. It's it's Finn in Star Wars where Finn's like, oh, I've been raised from a child to be a stormtrooper and kill people. And it's all brainwashing and, you know, I'm a really good person. And then in the next scene he's killing all his friends who've obviously been through the <laughs> same training troopers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think the dentist chair bit was good it did go on a little bit for me and yeah. that for me is a sign of an overindulgent um filmmaker like i love yeah. donna i love these movies but you need to know when to quit and i feel like they did this far too much um i will reference it as well i might as well just talk about it now the ending the the the, the finale of the film the climax is set in the warehouse with the triads yeah. it goes on too long and it doesn't yes. need to be that long and if you just snip a bit of that out you get a better film i think and i always think that like there's yeah. a bit where jet lee and them are fighting they go onto the pier there's a beautiful scene where it's raining on the pier and yeah. then Jet Li and Riggs fight and then Jet Li goes into the water then Riggs goes into the water and then Jet Li gets killed and then Riggs comes out the water but then he falls back in the water do you know what I mean you're like if yeah. you're looking at that on the table and you're interviewing Richard Donner or the filmmakers and the writers you'd be like right he's gone in the water too many times cut that <laughs> bit don't need yeah. that we don't need this maybe it should just be Murtar kills Lee Jet Li saves Riggs fine done it, yeah. it was too many facets too many things going on um so yeah i like the dentist chair bit again it goes on a bit long yeah they're printing chinese money which i didn't understand why can't they just print dollars i put probably worth more yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, this is yeah. So this is the the the, the main the main plot line, such that as it is, is that Jet Li's character, and I keep calling him Jet Li's character because he isn't I can't given remember a name. His name, yeah, I can't remember his name until the very last scene. So his name is Wasing Ku. Wasing Ku, okay. Yeah, Wasing Ku is the character's name, but we don't, as an audience, we don't get told that until the very end when Riggs asked one of his cop buddies, "Hey, who's that guy?" Yeah. And, his cop, but he instantly knows who he is in the middle of this firefight. So, oh, that's Wasing Koo. He's the brother of one of the uh, forefathers. It's like, oh, oh, so that's why he wants them back. Okay. Yeah, and you don't you know, get that at any point in the plot. And that no. would have helped. That would have helped yeah. massively. It's sort of shoehorned in, and it's mm. like, oh, okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's. It, Jet Li's character is basically buying back the uh, forefathers from a corrupt Chinese general who has a. A perfect American accent when he speaks English. I thought that. Yeah, it was weird, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like, are you a Chinese general or are you, uh, you know, some sort of liaison for the American government? I, I didn't quite get it, but they, they, <laughs> it, he, he apparently is a Chinese general, and um, Riggs and Murtaugh basically reveal to the Chinese general that he's being paid off with forged money, and the forged money is done by the uncle of the elder Hong. Yeah, <laughs> who also sadly gets killed by Jet Li's character. You see, I've already given up. I already yeah. don't care. It, no. That's bad, isn't it? Yeah, I, it's it's really <sighs> difficult to describe this plot and make the film sound as fun as it is. But the film is quite fun. Yeah, in between the plot, <laughs> it just Which... needed it just needed stripping down and making more sense. Like when they started bringing in the forefathers and he starts yeah. showing them in their little prison cell. I was like, right, who are these people? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? <laughs> what's, what's going on? Why why is this happening? I think the, um, like you say, the final fight scene goes on too long, but has some really good moments. The lead up to it where they, they've, uh, Roger's killed the uh, uh, Jet Li's character's brother. Yeah. Um, and it was a, like a, an accidental killing. He, he meant to aim for Jet Li, missed and killed his brother and they're, they're watching Jet Li mourn his brother and they're, they're just going oh, we're both too old for this shit <laughs> yeah. it's, it's not worth it it's not worth dying for you know and they, they, they're basically doing that thing where they, they, they show off that these characters have aged you know this isn't the Riggs that we met in the first film who was a yeah. you know he, he is still a martial arts expert you know he was in the military he is still that guy, but his body just can't keep up with him anymore. Mm. So they, they know he's probably not going to win. So they, they, they decide they're going to walk away. And then Riggs is like, but that thing he did with my gun, he took my gun apart in one move. How did he do that? How? <laughs> and, and, and then Roger's like, all right, let's go ask him. So they both walk up to Jet Li. And uh, yeah, I think that, that lead up's great. It's that character moment. And then like you say, the character moment gives way to plot which ruins it again which after after that after Jet Li's been defeated and uh, Riggs and Roger uh, are in the water it's like that that's where the the bad stuff the plot goes away and then it's just full-on character moments after that and I think it redeems a lot of the film for me the the last scene where Lorna's about to give birth and we we cut to Riggs at the cemetery over his wife's grave. I love that scene. Yeah, and it kind of comes in off the back of oh, I can't, you, like you said, you kind of wish you had more of that in this film. And yeah, you wish there had been more of a a thing. Like it would have been better if there had been a scene where Riggs goes to see his wife's grave at the beginning. Yeah, and then something happens. He re- finds out Lorna's pregnant, and then he goes back at the end, and it's like there's a loop. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a, yeah. there's, a there's a clever bit to it, and it's it, they do it in loads of films with with wives that have passed yeah. on. Like they do it in Inception, don't they? Where it's all about the mistake yeah. that he made, and the fact that his wife killed herself, and they they hint it several times throughout the film that that's why Leonardo DiCaprio is guilty, and then right at the end, it's the payoff to. I'm going to forgive myself now. And mm. that that's what Riggs needed. He needed the bit where he feels guilty about her and guilty about Lorna, guilty about the baby. And then at the end, he forgives himself. That would be fine. But they don't really yeah. do that. No. Um, the, the so it just needed... Come... Yeah, oh, it sorry. just needed going through with a fine-tooth comb, the plot. It just needed yeah. combing through and figuring out what you want out of the film. 
Yeah, uh, probably like another sort of six months work yeah. on the film. And they <laughs> yeah, probably, like a normal film. <laughs> they probably could have got something amazing out of it. But yeah. uh, it, they, the scene there between Riggs and Leo, where Leo's talking about his, his pet frog, <laughs> I've got I, that. I was uh, like, "What the hell is this?" I love that scene. I thought it was great. I thought it, 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 it just—it's the the right message to give. You know, where he says, "You're not better friends than Froggy. You're just different." Yeah. And I, I thought that was that was fun. That was a nice thing to put in there because you know it it gave because Leo's always the the the, the comic relief, but that made you think ah actually there's a real person there yeah. and and he, and he, even Riggs is like I'm I'm horrible to you Leo you know and he realizes that you know he's he is a friend he is family and that, I think that sets Leo up as that solid part of the franchise uh, you know yeah. he, he is he's a main character and they 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 go the the wedding scene in the hospital is brilliant <laughs> leo just pulls up this random rabbi <laughs> to yeah. get to get uh, lorna and riggs married like you um, said it felt it felt like more happened after the climax than the actual climax of the film more yeah. happens afterwards that's more fun than anything yeah. that happened with jet lee's character yeah, it's it's great that the the kid's born. Uh, Riggs goes to see him behind the glass, and Roger walks up and says, "Can I see Murtaugh's baby?" <laughs> and Chris Rock's like, "No, Butter's baby. It better not be Murtaugh's baby." <laughs> and just the, I I think that that scene where they have the photograph at the end, and the the doctor asks them, "Are you friends?" and they all yell, "No, we're family." Yeah. That's just like that isn't even for me. It, it, it isn't even the characters in the film. That's those actors saying yeah. that. You know, they, they've completed this this four film set, and I, I think I'm right in saying, a, apart from Chris Rock, the rest of the people on that photo have been in all the films pretty much. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, apart, yeah. apart from Leo and Chris, the the rest of them have, have been there, and it's like, yes, that you, you, that's family. And and then the did you watch the credits roll at the end? Yeah, and it's all the pictures, and it starts out with the pictures of the movie, and then it kind of progresses to pictures of Donna and the and the, and the set and the crew. Yeah, um, it and felt then, like Donna saying goodbye to everybody. Yeah, it was it was really touching because there's there's pictures from this movie, and then they show pictures from the first movie and the second and the third, and it's just like it felt like at the end, if you forgot the plot of the actual film for me it felt like this was a like Mm. i said a love letter to the fans a love letter to all the previous films and it was just sort of like um it's someone writing this really cool little epilogue of yeah yeah this group of people they survived and they had a family and things moved on and that was it and i it feels like a really nice rounding off of a film like if you um Looking at another franchise, Indiana Jones. If you look, if you took the last Indiana Jones film they made, and let's pretend that they're not making another one, but that last one is the last thing you saw of Indiana Jones, you're like, oh, that's a shame. Whereas this film, although it has its faults, at the end, I was like, yeah, I've I've watched an amazing group of characters do some really cool stuff, mm. and and even with this film, that hasn't tainted that. Yeah, I, and I think that's where it's successful because it it brings it back to the characters. It doesn't try and make the ending about the plot of the film. The ending's about, and this is why you've watched Lethal Weapon all this time. Yeah, it's because yeah. these characters are cool and they matter, and whatever's happening and around like them, them, and you like them, and whatever's happening around them almost doesn't matter. You know, it, yeah. it, the, the plots of these films aren't the thing you came for. You came for the characters. We gave you the characters see you around sort of thing yeah, like you say yeah, like, yeah, yeah. almost like Richard Donner saying goodbye to these characters it's great uh, it did it, feel so, like an ending um, yeah shall we talk about this then before we finish up um, yeah I want you to give us some facts yes but the there is there is apparently a Lethal Weapon 5 going into production mm. um 
They reckon it was greenlit last year, although there's rumors as to whether or not it's still in development and whether it is actually going to be pro produced. Like, obviously, for me, a greenlit production, it has to be being shot before I'll believe it's happening. And even yeah. then, there's a chance it won't happen. Um, mm. Mel has expressed that he would like to both direct and star in it. Mm. Um, and he wants to direct it as a tribute to Richard Donner. So I thought, oh, it might be interesting. Yeah. But again, it's that age-old thing that we're living with now where Hollywood has literally ran out of ideas. Um, yeah. And they're just going, what have we not rebooted in about 20 years? Let's reboot Lethal Weapon. Let's do this again. Uh, and like you were saying before, like they're never, ever satisfied with just doing one-off uh, a one-off sort of return. It's got yeah. to be, we'll do another Indiana Jones so we can do another five of them. And it's like, yeah. oh, no, 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 no. Just do the one. If you're going to do it, do the one and then get over it. Yeah, um, I think it, I, my worst fear would be if they made A Lethal Weapon 5 and it was to set up two new crazy characters that yeah. are probably super diverse and kooky. Um, oh, right, Riggs and Murtar's um, granddaughter and, and son or whatever. I, yeah. I don't know. And and I'm just like no no all all I, all I want if you do another film is I want this again I want these characters again I want to see what they're doing or, you know yeah. just catch up with them in their retirement even mm. <laughs> or something like that it would just be uh, anything they do now I think would probably be the worst possible outcome for the franchise <laughs> and I, I just want them to leave it alone yeah as much as I love I I, I love what. Danny Glover and Mel Gibson can do with these characters. I don't think it would be the same now. I, I don't think they could recapture yeah, the too energy. Much too much time's passed, and also, they're, they're sadly neither of them are, are really young enough to have that same level of energy. Um, mm. I, I mean, I, I've I've just been binged watching uh, NCIS, and this is a bit of a tangent, so bear with me, but. Uh, the main character in NCIS is Agent Gibbs. And the, mm. the actor that played Agent Gibbs played him for all, I think it's like 17, 18 series of NCIS. Yeah. And he only retired last year when he was 71. Bloody hell. So the, the previous season, he was 70. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Running around pretending to be an NCIS agent. Now, I... Yeah. You watch him, and there's certain moments where he's just having like character beats with people, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that's Gibbs still." But then they always cut away when you see him move. So obviously, yeah. he doesn't move like an NCIS agent anymore. So I would probably be willing to bet that it would be the same thing for this. They just do lots and lots of cutaways, or have a younger cast yeah. doing all the action, and uh, and that then wouldn't be Lethal Weapon for me. It just I I, I couldn't see it. Th this film, they were probably just the right age to claim that they were too old for this shit, but yeah. still be able to do some of this shit. Yeah. Um, which and now is... they're very much too old for this shit forever. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, so I, I imagine it will happen because all, uh, money. Money Hollywood's happens. Run, yeah, Hollywood's yeah. run out of ideas, so it will probably happen, yeah. Yeah. So, who knows? We, we, we might review it if it happens. Well, we definitely will. Yeah. Um, do you want to give me five facts before we finish up then? Yes, let's give you five facts. See what I've, you've got. I've, I've, I've sprinkled some of them around the, the review anyway, but I have some more. So, five facts. Nice. Here we go. A, B, D, Number one, Jackie Chan was originally considered for uh, the role of Wasing Ku, but turned it down because he chooses never to play the villain in a movie. That's Which, interesting. Yeah, um, and apparently this was not only Jet Li's first American-produced movie, but it was the first time he'd ever played a villain. Mm, okay, so <clears throat> that's probably why it comes across as that sort of mustachioed. Uh, sort of twirling, bad guy yeah. twirling, yeah. It, it's it, so I think that's that's interesting. So, uh, so that was fact number one. Uh, it should have been Jack. It could have been Jackie Chan, but it was Jackie. Could have been. Um, fact number two. Originally, the final fight was supposed to be between just Riggs and Wasing Koo. 
However, after a rehearsal where Jet Li not only blocked Gibson's punch, but delivered at least 20 blows to the actor too fast for the camera to see until the footage was slowed down, it was decided that there was no way the audience would buy Riggs defeating Loss in Coup alone. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I thought that they tried to set up like Riggs because he's always been the lethal weapon. Yeah. He's going to be able to defeat Loss in Coup. And he, no way, because the guy is younger, faster and fitter than him. There's no way he's going to beat that guy. And I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad he no. didn't. I love, though, in that final fight where there's a moment where you can see that Jet Li's got the upper hand. And yeah. Because Riggs is trying to fight him with martial arts, and obviously Jet Li's far better. So Riggs just turns to headbutting him several times and just fighting <laughs> dirty instead, which I think is great. That's, uh, that's just uh, a good sort of little character beat. It was like, well, I can't beat you this way. I'll just headbutt you. Yeah. Um, uh, Murtaugh's children are played by the same actor and actresses in all four films. That's like, good, isn't it? That's yeah. impressive. So I, I think it's cool the way they've brought a bunch of the the actors back. Uh, the, uh, the the psychologist, the police doctor. Uh, she's yeah, she gets a cameo. So that's fun. Uh, so yeah, they uh, they actually bring back, and it, again, it helps it feel like a real lived-in world, which is yeah. nice. Um, I am on. Fact number three, I believe. Three or four, yeah. Yeah. Despite uh, Butters and Rianne being married with a baby on the way, they never say a word to each other out loud in the film. No, they just mouth it to each other, don't they? Yeah. That's because (coughs) the characters weren't originally written as a secret couple, but but because of the many rewrites of the script, Butters would turn from a gay detective into Rianne's husband. Oh, that's why they did the subplot where he's like, where Murtar thinks that he's coming on to him. Yeah. And then they kind of, and then it becomes that funny skit where he's like, he's talking about being a son-in-law, not, uh, yeah. And he thinks he's talking about sexually. Yeah. Okay. I I love that line as well. Treat him like a son in law enforcement. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And this, the final fact, I think sums up the film and your reaction to the film. The ending was still being written while the film was in production. Could totally tell, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally so could tell. It, it's it's definitely one of those films. We, we got similar things, I think it was uh, during the writer's strike, uh, Transformers, the second one. Yeah, uh, terrible. Was, was also written as it was being filmed. Um, this thankfully holds together better than that, but it yeah. still doesn't hold up to the same quality of the previous f- three films no. um, in terms of the writing. Um, and, uh, oh, bonus tip, it's the only Lethal mm. Weapon film not to feature any scenes in uh, Murtaugh's bathroom. <laughs> that's a good point, because he's in the bathroom in the third one as well, isn't he, in the bath? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, I um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say it's the worst film I've ever seen. It's not bad. It's just not... It's not what it could have been had no. they had the time and effort to actually go through and write a proper script. And you got, you say, these things happen during writer strikes, these things happen because of studios. You can tell when a film is running out of ideas yeah. that they just go for the least the least popular or the least difficult to manufacture um, it, it, it's and run with it. It's just baffling to me that the bit that's normally the hardest bit, the characters, they nailed completely. Totally, and then, yeah. And then the bit that you'd think would be, let's get from point A to point B, the plot. Easy. But it ruined. should be easy in comparison. Just, yeah, ruined. C- couldn't couldn't write a decent plot for the fourth film. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Wow. Well, that's that feels like a bit of a downer to end on, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I liked it. I, I enjoyed <laughs> the film. I think it's a film, if you're watching it and watching it like we have done recently where you're watching one after the other and you get really engrossed in these characters it's like watching a tv series you get into it, is, it for yeah. the characters and every tv series has a bum episode now and again and i yeah. think that's what this is it's it's cool characters treading water in a poorly conceived plot um yeah. uh but other than you know you will enjoy it if you watch it it is a fun yeah. film it's funny just for the skits. There was yeah. a little bit of me that was really worried that when Mer- when Riggs and um, and Jet Li went into the water at the end, um, do you know what I'm going to say? No, go on. 
I thought the shark was going to come back. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been like I genuinely thought, oh, the shark's going to come and get Jet Li. It's going to they're yeah. going to pay off the shark, and they didn't. And I was thinking, <laughs> I don't know whether that's me writing it badly or whether they did the right thing by not having the shark come back. <laughs> So yeah, think maybe about what maybe you they'll will. bring it back for Lethal Weapon Five, Jake. Yeah, it'll the be an intrinsic character. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Anyway, it's been a pleasure as always. As always, um, I will. We will do our next franchise, which we haven't officially decided on yet. So I'm not going to say anything about it because no. I, well, we don't know. Is the answer? Yeah. We've got we, we could have played this off with like no spoilers, when really we have no idea. I, know. <laughs> I felt like by now I should have probably had an idea for you that we could have discussed, but it's fine. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new franchise um, where we will be taking on something different, hopefully, yeah. uh, completely different to Lethal Weapons. So it won't be a body cop movie. <laughs> no, no, we can promise you that. And it probably won't be a superhero movie either because we've done too many of those. So we'll yes. probably go with something totally different. Uh, th- that leaves a lot open. Oh, so much. So Amazing. much. Looking forward. Right, Jake. Right. Well, I will see you later and yes. see you later, other listeners. Thank you, other listeners. And uh, yeah, see you later, James. Take care, see guys. You. Bye. 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 Bye.